We're talking about biblical prayer. That's what we've been talking about. And um, what, a, what an awesome topic, right? I mean, to really think about prayer. You know, I, you know, we grow up learning to pray. If you grew up in the church, you grew up in, in, you know, with any form of religion at all in your family, uh, you were taught to pray, or at least you were encouraged to pray. And, and it was always, you know, um, you know, bow your head, fold your hands, close your eyes, and, uh, you know, we try to teach kids, our, our little people, to pray, right, like that. And I think for a lot of adults, we just grow up thinking that's what prayer looks like. And we think we bow our heads, we close our eyes, we fold our hands, and then we're in this kind of position of prayer. And, um, and, and, and hopefully at some point we realize it's so much more deeper than that. You know, it's so much more than that, than just that, or reciting certain prayers, that kind of thing. And so we're looking into the scripture about what the, what the Bible says about what prayer is, and, and not just what prayer is, but what God says about prayer, like from his perspective and from our perspective, and what God is doing in prayer. Now that's the question we need to ask ourselves, what is God doing when we pray? Like what is happening in prayer, or what should be happening in prayer? Is it just us bowing our heads and saying, you know, just laying things out to God and amen, see you later, talk to you later, God? Is that what our prayer has amounted to? Or is there more going on? I, I think there's more going on. And so far we've talked about two things, the who and the when, okay? So when it comes to the who, uh, we're not talking about the band, we're talking about like, and we're not even talking about us, like who can pray or who should pray. We're talking about like who we're praying to, okay? Because that's really the most important thing is that, that we understand that when we pray, we close our eyes, we, however you're going to do it, however you want to do it, uh, however you're praying, we are, we are standing before the throne of Father God, that's serious. You know what I mean? Like, we should melt, we should burn up, we should dissolve. If we really, like, intently understood that we are standing before the throne of God. That would, that would like, change us a little bit, right? We wouldn't do that lightly, right? And we wouldn't just do that, like, flippantly, right? Casually. We would really consider that, that we are praying to Father God and that we're doing it in the authority of Jesus. We are going to God the Father in the name of Jesus. And that's the only way we're going to get there. Jesus said the only way to the Father is through me. So we go through the Father, to, or we go through the Son to the Father, and we cannot do this without the help of the Holy Spirit. Okay, no Holy Spirit in your life, you're not talking to God. God can hear us. He knows everything, no doubt. But without the Holy Spirit in our life, helping us, assisting us, communicating with the Father, the Spirit in you, communicating with the Spirit of God through the power and the name of Jesus, not much is happening if it isn't happening with those three, the Trinity at work in you. So that's the who, and then we talked about the when, okay, when. And we're not talking about like a certain time, three times a day, like before we eat or before we go to bed, that kind of when. We're talking about like in all circumstances we pray, right? On all occasions, in everything the Bible says, without ceasing, right? So if you're breathing, you're praying, right? That's when. Right? So our life is a constant, you know, if you're following Christ, if you, are, if you said, I want to be a disciple of Jesus, then you said, God, you have my whole heart all the time, every second 
I'm going to remain in communication with you as much as I possibly can. But we know we walk on this earth in the physical flesh, and so there's that struggle, right? How much of the flesh do we allow to control our thinking in our lives, and how much of the spirit do we allow to control our life? And there's a balance as we move. But our goal, our goal is that in everything we are in constant communication with God. Constant communication with God. Let's check out this quote. Uh, Ephesians 6.18 says this. Check this out. Praying at all times in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication to that end. Keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all of the saints. That's what Paul said in Ephesians 6.18. Praying when? Thank you. And in what? Bam. Boom. That's good, right? Paul wouldn't say that if it weren't true. All times, all occasions, all circumstances, without ceasing, in the Spirit. The Spirit is more than just the Word of God that we have. The Spirit is alive in us, working, moving, changing, transforming us with the Word of God in connection, close connection, working in our lives. Okay, it's more than just words on a page. It's the living, breathing Son of God living in us. And so Paul says, praying at all times in the Spirit with all kinds of prayers, supplications, and we, we are praying for each other and we're praying for different things. And so what an awesome quote that is, right? That, that that's where, or that's the when. So today it only makes sense, we talked about the who and the when, it only makes sense that we now talk about the where. Where... Where do we pray? The where, okay? The where of biblical prayer. Where, 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 where to pray? Where to pray, where to pray, right? So when you think about the where, I know probably different things pop up in your mind, right? Different things pop up in my mind. Anyway, you think about different scriptures that pop up. You're thinking about of the people went to the temple to pray, right? Jesus went alone on a mountain to pray, right? He got quiet by himself in the morning. Quiet place, that's where he prayed. Think about um, Peter went up on the roof and he prayed, right? Think about the church at Mary's house and they're praying for Peter's release, right? So many other places that people prayed, the where of where people prayed. If there's a lot of where's, there's a lot of loca- uh, locations, right? Think of all the places that you have prayed, right? Just think of the places you have prayed when it comes to this idea of the where. And, and maybe you have a favorite prayer spot. Maybe you have a place you go to pray. Sometimes, uh, sometimes our situation dictates where we pray. Did you ever know, realize that? Like you're in the car, and the lights come on behind you. And you're like, no, God, help, not me, please, not me. All right? <laughs> Lord, help me. You know, we pray a lot in the car. Don't you ever notice that? Like, a lot in the car we pray. Uh, if you see an accident, hopefully you're like, God, be with whoever was involved in that wreck. And we're praying for those people. If you're a student and uh, you walk into the classroom and the teacher says, today we're going to have a quiz. I didn't tell you about it. You start praying, right? <laughs> like we pray. And sometimes our situation dictates uh, where we pray because we're going to pray right here, right now. You're in the airplane and you're getting ready to take off and you see people doing this, right? I see them praying. God help us get off the ground, right? In trouble, people pray right where they're at. God, help me. God, help us. God, be with us. When it comes to the where, when it comes to the where, we're not talking about your geographical location, your GPS digits. 
not talking about where, like that. In fact, um, latitude uh, 31 degrees, somebody tell me where this is, 46 feet, 39.54 inches north, and your longitude is 35 degrees, 14 feet, 7.96 inches east. Those are GPS coordinates to where? Alaska. Alaska, <laughs> say Alaska. Alaska. No, the temple in Jerusalem. Put those into your GPS, follow it, it's going to take you to, 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 to the temple in Jerusalem. Because right? that's where the Jews pray, right? They pray facing that location. East, whatever. I don't even know where I was. What wall is east in this building? Anybody know? It's going to be that way somewhere. <laughs> somewhere over there. <laughs> so, so the location, right? It has to do with it. it's where the Jews prayed. They directed their prayers to the temple, right? So is biblical prayer about uh, when you pray? Is it about where you pray? Is it about the direction that you face? Uh, where should believers Pray. Where? The where. So let me share with you seven quick things about where we should pray. Are you ready? Here we go. Matthew chapter 6. Matthew 6. Jesus is teaching about doing things, good things, righteous things, not to be seen by others, right? We can give to the needy, don't broadcast it, just do it. Just do these things and be quiet about it. Right? Let God take care of you. Right? Don't toot your own horn. Right? My parents used to say that to me all the time. Don't toot your own horn. In fact, if you play sports, you let it be seen on the, on the court, right? On the field. Don't, you don't have to brag about it. Just go show. Show everybody how good you are. Don't talk about how good you are. Like, shut up and go do it, right? <laughs> That's what you say to me. Shut up and just go play, man. All right? So, so there's got a good truth to that, good biblical truth to that, even though they weren't like quoting scripture. They were like trying to direct me in a good attitude. All right? No announcements. Keep it between you and God. No trumpets. Just shh. In fact, when you, you know, when my son John, at some point, if you have boys, boys are different than girls. We have three girls and one boy, and, and the girls are just angels fluttering around life, you know, just doing wonderful things. And the son is like putting gray hair on my head. But at some point, you know, you get to a point with your kid, somewhere around middle of high school, where you know you need to just shut up and just live it out because they're not going to listen to you anymore. <laughs> they're done listening. They don't want to hear what you got to say. But you need to show it by what you do, right? Just do it. Just shh and do it. Just live it out. And I think the world's the same way. They're, they don't want to hear what you, we got to say. They, they just want to see it. You really are a believer? Show me. Prove it. Prove it by your actions. Prove it by the way you live. Prove it by your faith when things don't go well. Show me that you're a believer in Christ. So in Matthew 6, Jesus is teaching this kind of things, and here's what he says about prayer. He says, when you pray, passage, when, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing, these are the hypocrites, standing in the synagogue and on the street corners to be seen by others. See, that's the, that's the, that's the goal of their prayers, that others will watch them. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. What a bummer for them, right? That's it, people going, oh man, what a beautiful prayer, that's great. That's why, I, don't tell me, you know, don't tell me these things. Just, just, you know, don't rob me of my truth, my reward. <laughs> when you pray, Jesus says, go into your room. He says, enter into your closet. Close the door, pray to your father who is unseen. Then your father who sees what is done in secret, he will reward you. When you pray, do not keep on babbling like the pagans, for they think that they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like that. Don't be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask. So, number one, where do we pray? Your inner room. Your inner room, that's where. 
your inner room, that's where you pray. A secret place, an inner room, your, your, your chamber, go into your chamber and keep it between you and God. Don't brag and boast about your prayers or when you do it or how often you do it or how early you get up to do it. If you do that, you're going to get your reward right now and then. It's not a good idea. Don't boast about these things, he says. Go into your own inner room. See, this is the only uh, location that, that, that we are to, uh, to point ourselves to. This is where we go to pray. And, and it's not so much about the location, the room, as it is about your motives, as it is about what's going on inside you. I think the inner room is one, it is a location away from every other person, yes. But it's more so the inner room of your heart where you are between you and God, right? That's where the inner room should be. It isn't just like you go into your house into a prayer closet somewhere, that's fine. But it's not about that because you can do that and still be full of pride about that. It's about the inner room of your heart. In fact, Johnny Ganey, a friend of mine who uh, learns a lot about Jewish customs, said that the Jews wear you know, this shawl, this prayer shawl, this talit, they call it. And what the word means in the Greek is little tent, little tent. And so for the Jews, when they would pull that thing over their head and drop it down, they were like, this is their prayer closet. So they could do that anywhere. They could be in the middle of a crowd and go into their inner tent, and they're, they're in their tent praying to God. And for them, you know, who knows why they were doing that in front of other people, but that was to them their, their, their tent, their inner closet, where they would go to pray between them and the Father and block out everything else going on out there. Right? So it, was, it had to do with being going deeper with God, not, not so much going into a room or a physical location. It had to do with soul prayer, that you're going inward, to pray to your Father in heaven, your inner room of you, of who you are, right? So where? Your inner room. In Genesis 17, Abraham is 99 years old. God appears to him and he promises uh, Abraham that he will become a great nation and uh, he will make a covenant with him and, and he's going to bless Abraham in ways that he never dreamed of. And so in Genesis 17, verse 1, here's what it says. When Abraham was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to him and said, I am God Almighty. Walk before me faithfully and blameless. Then I will make my covenant between me and you and will greatly increase your number. And verse 3 says, Abraham fell face down. And the Lord said to Abraham, and goes on, that chapter goes on to talk about how God spoke to Abraham. But where is Abraham? On his face. So number two is on your face. That's where. Where? Where should you pray? On your face. That's where. Sometimes we need to just get on our face. And I do mean physically get on your face. Just prostrate down onto the ground. Low. Right down on your face, right? See, Abraham must have taught this to Moses because Moses taught it to Joshua. And Joshua learned this from Moses because in Joshua 17, Joshua is praying to God and God says to Joshua, stand up, Joshua. What are you doing down on your face? Well, if I were Joshua, I'd have said, well, I'm praying. <laughs> I'm praying, God. I'm, I'm seeking you. I'm, I'm, I'm giving you everything that I am. and I'm just laid out here like I am nothing. I am giving you all that I am. 
When you find yourself like seeking the Lord your God, like trying to really help your flesh like get into, because we have to tell our flesh, you know, our flesh is kind of wild, right? It's sinful. And we have to like, we have to grab hold of ourselves sometime and, and, and force our flesh to do certain things that we need it to do, that it will obey, that it will, that it will respond to God in a way that, that we should as people, even if our flesh doesn't want to. Like even if everything in us, our feelings and our emotions that are up and down all the time are telling us to do something selfish, we tell ourselves, no, we're not doing that. It's not right. Right? We do that all the time, whether it's thinking about our kids or thinking about other people or whatever. We have to get our flesh out of the way. And at times our flesh rises up. Right. So we want to be in tune and we want to be like uh, in the spirit, our spirit communicating with God, the spirit of God. And, and, and so we seek the Lord, our God, and a place to locate yourself sometimes when you're doing that is face down. Sometimes just 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 telling yourself, I need to be on my face before God because he is God and I am not. I'm the dirt of the earth. I am nothing that he should even talk to me. I'm nothing that he should think of me. I'm nothing that he should let me talk to him. I'm nothing. And sometimes when we get on our face, we, we remind ourselves, this, is my, this is, ought to be my attitude. This is where I need to be right here, right now. Where? On your face. Number three, in 1 Kings chapter 8, verse 54, Solomon had finished all these prayers, right? He finished all these prayers. He just got done building the temple for the Lord in chapter 6 of 1 Kings. And now he's finishing all these prayers and these supplications to the Lord. And he rose before the altar of the Lord. And when he, uh, where he had been, where he, where is the key word? He had been kneeling with his hands spread out toward heaven. And he stood and he blessed the whole assembly of Israel in a loud voice. And so we find Solomon at the altar in the temple, where? On his knees. On his knees. That's where, number three, on your knees. On your knees. And if you look, if you look at that, the rest, the next section of Scripture in 1 Kings 8, verses 56 through 61, what you see there is this overflow of Solomon's prayer to God and his, his blessing and what he says to the people and in the presence of God, and things like, things like he says this, our God is great, our God is awesome, our God is mighty. He says, may God turn our hearts to himself. Right? That's, that's where prayer is happening. It's not happening here. We, our brains are like computers, you know? We just think a lot of things and say a lot of things, and, and we, we just process things here. But here is where we... We, we come in tune with God where passion and emotion and a connection and the Spirit of God is moving in our hearts. It's not enough to pray with your mind. Better to pray a few words with your heart, right, than a thousand words with your head, right? But what we have learned to do as kids is pray with our head. And at some point, we got to change. We have to realize it's more than what I'm thinking. It's more than what, I'm, what I am intelligently and logically able to say. It's, it's deeper than that. It's within me that God is wanting to connect with my being. You know, in my heart. It's in my heart. 
And so what we do is we find Solomon seeking the Lord on his knees. That's where kneeling with his hands spread out toward heaven, right? Saying, God, turn our hearts to yourself that we would walk in obedience to you, right? He's using words, but he's pouring out his heart and he's on his knees. He does everything that he says. That's what God does. May the world know that you are God because you keep your promises. That's what he goes on to say. And he says, praise the name of the Lord. Oh my, that's awesome. Right on your knees. That's where on your knees. Uh, Number four, here we go. In Exodus, Moses and God, they're raining down plagues on Egypt, right? Boom, 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 all these plagues coming on Pharaoh in Egypt. And Pharaoh is holding on for dear life. He won't let God's people go, right? God's trying to break him. It's taking a lot, isn't it? You ever, you ever notice that? How many plagues were there? Ten plagues, right? Think about that. Ten plagues to, to finally break Pharaoh. Easy, whoa. How many plagues is it going to take us? Yeah, <laughs> at least double that, right? And we, uh, we look at Pharaoh like he, oh, what a hard-hearted guy. No, we're, we're as hard-hearted too, right? We're as hard-headed as well. So God's raining down these plagues, right? And, and Pharaoh won't let the people go. And finally in Exodus 9, the hail, the hail, the last one, is pounding, pounding, pounding um, Egypt. And Pharaoh says to Moses, okay, okay, I give. The Lord is right. Stop the hail. You can go. And in verse 29, Moses replied, when I have gone to Pharaoh, when I have gone out of the city, I will spread out my hands in prayer to the Lord. The thunder will stop and there will be no more hail. So you may know that the earth is the Lord's, but I know that you and your officials still do not fear the Lord. So where do we find Moses praying? Where do we pray? Number four, with outstretched arms. That's where. That's where. Not at the dinner table, although you can do that. Not just before you go to bed, although you can do that. Not just in the morning when you get up, and you can do that. But with outstretched arms, calling out to the Lord, right, with, with this sense of confidence in God, that God is able to do whatever God says he will do, or whatever he says he wants to do, whatever he wants to do. That's where. Psalm 95 says this. Check it out. Come, let us bow down in worship. That's where. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker, for he is our God and we are the people of his pasture, the flock under his care. So number five, where? Bowing down. There's kneeling again, but bowing down. Why? Why are we bowing down before the Lord in our prayer? Because He is God, right? He's God, and we are the work of His hands. He made us, and He's working in us, and He's molding us, and He's shaping us. And so we should find ourselves bowing to God in prayer because we are His sheep. He is the good good shepherd, right? The good, good father. We are the people of his pasture, the flock under his care. Like we need him. We need his protection. We need him to to love us. We need him to protect us. We need him to guide us. We need him more than we'll ever know. Like we think we got this. And what we don't realize is without God's hand in our life, we would wander around aimlessly, chasing whatever came next. 
Like, like really, like the world. That's what the world does. Whatever fad comes our way, whatever the next big thing is, everybody's jumping onto it, right? Why? Because they got no direction. They're sheep without a shepherd. They haven't like surrendered to the good shepherd. And they're wandering aimlessly. So where do we find ourselves praying? Where should we? Bowing, 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 bowing to God because he is good. First Peter chapter 4, Peter is instructing God's people like, that we should live godly lives, that we should live our lives for God. No longer should we live the way that we used to live, like earthly, evil, human desire type living. And we are to live according to, he says, Peter, the Spirit of God. That's how we live, by the Spirit of God living in us. And in verse 7, he says, the end, in 1 Peter 4, verse 7, the end of all things is near. Beware of that. Therefore, Peter says, be alert, be sober-minded, so that you may pray. And I love this one, because where should we pray? I think we should pray on our toes. Okay, on our toes. Pray on your toes, right? Ready to go. Like, on prayer alert, that's how we should pray. Like, with this sense of anticipation. Like, he says, be alert, be sober-minded, so you can pray. Why? So you can obey, so you can go and do whatever it is God is calling you to go do in this world. That's why. What is so, so we can kind of learn what, what God is up to, and then how I can play a part in what he is up to. And I want to be on my toes when I pray. Like, alert. Like ready to go, saying, God, just here I am. God, use me. Just show me what you want me to do so I can go do it. Right? Prayer isn't just talking to God and then just living a life of just this, this constant like solitude away from the world. It's about seeking God so he can use us in the world so that the world will know that he is God and that he still works in his people. He's moving in you, and he's moving in me, and that's what he wants to do. And so we pray on our toes. He says, alert, that means always prepared to respond, right? Awake spiritually, like don't get hung up on worldliness, because then you won't be alert for the spiritual things that come your way, that God brings your way. Stay alert spiritually. Keep your mind on God. That's why he says, then be sober-minded. That means clear-headed, tuned into the Spirit, so when God says now, you hear him and you respond. Like how many times do we, there's no teenagers in here, that's good. So, so I could be up there in the class and ask a question. And I'll go, so um, I'll call out one of them. Yo, Bob, we don't have a Bob, but I'll use Bob to protect the innocent. Uh, Bob, or to protect the guilty actually. Uh, I'll say, hey, Bob, Bob, what do, you, what do you think about what Jesus just said? Uh, what was the question? What are we talking about? Right, that's teenagers, right? It's teenagers. But that's us too, spiritually. God is like, here's what I need you to do, go. And we're like, what was that? Did, did you want me to do something, God? And we miss it. We miss it. We miss the opportunity because we're not alert, sober-minded on our toes in prayer. We're not ready. We're not ready. So where should we be in prayer? Where? On our toes. Mark 6. Mark chapter 6. Last one right here. Jesus is about to feed the 5,000 and uh, with a few loaves and some fish, right? And he has all the people sit down like in groups, groups, groups all over the place. Thousands of people sitting in groups. And Jesus takes the five loaves and he takes the fish. And what does he do? He looks up to heaven. He looks up to heaven and he, he gives thanks and he breaks the loaves. So where, where should we pray? Looking up to heaven, that's where. We should get our head up, look up sometimes, and get our eyes on the one 
in whom our, our help comes from. That's who. We, we put our eyes on God and we say, God, thank you. You know, that's where. That's where we pray. That's what Jesus demonstrated to us. That sometimes when you pray. See, we like to take the Lord's Prayer, you know, early in Matthew, and we like to say this is how everybody should pray all the time. But no, Jesus demonstrated lots of different ways that we should pray. And I think the whole idea is that it doesn't matter where you are. Prayer is more than doing certain things at a certain time. Prayer is about your spirit in you communicating with the Father who is in heaven. And he demonstrates this thankful prayer with his eyes upward to heaven. And he thanks his Father. He's talking to his Father. He's praying to his Father right now. Eyes open, head up, looking up. All the people are watching Jesus. And he says, Father, and he talks to his Father. He says, thank you, thank you. Standing tall. Because he knows where his help comes from, looking up. Wherever you go, where you are, that's where you pray. (laughs) Right? That's where we pray. Wherever we are, wherever we go, that's where we should be praying. Your posture, your posture reveals the attitude of your heart. That's what posture in all this is all about. What it's doing is revealing the attitude of our heart. Okay? So when we worship, what is our posture saying? It's a good question, right? When you're praying, what is your posture saying? Because it is revealing the attitude of your heart. It's not about your GPS global positioning system location. It's more about your HAP, your heart's attitude position. That's what it's really about. Where is your heart? Where is your heart? Not where are you standing or where are you at? What what city are you in? It's about where is your heart? Where are we to pray? Here's where. On our face. We're to pray on our face because when we get on our face, we're saying, God, I am completely dependent on you. And we make ourselves low. And we say, God, I understand that you are the creator and I am the work of your hands and without you I am nothing. And I'm going to get as low as I I can to say, I need you. And I am dependent on you. And I'm telling you that, God, and I'm telling myself that. Because I need to be reminded that I am nothing. That he is everything and the only thing good in me is him. And what he can do through me. We pray. Where? On our knees. Why? Because it shows reverence. It shows honor. It says, you are the king, and I kneel before my king. That's why. We pray with outstretched arms. Why? Because it's a sign of surrender. Like surrender. Like, God, I need you. Help me. I surrender to you. That's why when we worship, it's okay for you to throw your hands up because if you're really like in tune with what God is doing in your heart, it doesn't matter what people think. I don't care. I need you, God. I surrender. And it's saying, you're my father. Like, happy Father's Day, Daddy. I need you. Right? That's what you're doing. And it's okay. And it shouldn't matter what other people think. If you're worried about what other people think, your mind is in the wrong spot. Your heart is in the wrong spot. If you're worried about people around you, you're you're not praying. You're just going through motions. That's why we outstretch our arms to say, God, I need you. 
We pray on our toes because we have a heart of service, right? And this heart of obedience that we are like, God, here I am. Use me, God. Just, just tell me where to go. Just give me the play. I'm ready to run. You know, that's, that's heart. That's the heart. It's a heart that says, God, I'm ready to go serve you and obey you. And I want you to like squeeze the most out of me as you can before I leave this earth. I'm going to pray on my toes, alert and ready to go. And we pray bowing because bowing is an indication of like worship and humility and reverence and respect. We said, God, I, I need you, God. I want you, God. I need you. You are God. And I worship you and you alone. And we pray looking up because we acknowledge that that's where, that's where our help comes from, right? That's where it all comes from. It's from God, God of heaven and earth, God. Right? Giving thanks to him with our head up and our chin tall and the confidence that only he can give us because he lives in here. It's not of me, it's totally him. So we can pray looking up. That's where. And the last thing is in that inner room, our inner room. Not a location, not that we broadcast our spirituality, but that we quietly and humbly seek God, not to be seen by anybody. One-on-one with the Lord, that inner, inner room with God. It's not about the position of your body. It's about the position of your heart. Your body is simply showing what your heart is feeling. That's what's going on. Right? And there's a lot of wrong positions, too. A lot of positions that we get in that show nothing is going on. I don't know that for sure, but it sure looks that way. But there's postures that we put ourselves in because we realize that God is God and we are not, and we need him. And so we will get on our face and we will get on our knees and we will outstretch our arms and we will be on our toes and we will bow and we will look up and we will go into that inner room, right? And so we pray, we pray. To the Father, right? We pray to the Father in the power and the authority of Jesus with the help of the Holy Spirit. That's who? And we will pray in all circumstances, at all times, without ceasing. That's the when. That's when we will pray, always. And we will pray with a heart in the right place. That's where. Let's pray. Father, we love you so much. And even now, God, as we've talked about what prayer is, it's real easy just to talk to say things, to say a prayer that because we're supposed to at this time. But God, we want it to be so much more than that. We really, God, want it to be about you connecting with us and us connecting with you deep within our heart, deep within our spirit and our soul. You put that spirit in us. You live within us. And God, we want you in us to have your way. We want you within us to be able to communicate with your heavenly Father, Father God, so that we can be a part of what you're doing. God, we love you so much. I pray that you would help us and teach us what it means to pray and how to, how to pray and that we would realize what's going on really when we pray, that we're seeking you, not just with words, but with our ears. 
God, we want to hear you. We know that that's not going to happen audibly. We're not going to hear your voice most of the time. But, but the spirit that lives in us will make things known to us if we allow him, if we let him communicate with you. So help us, Father, to learn how to do that better. To get out of the way. Trust you to rely on you more. To put ourselves in positions physically away from everyone else that says to you, we know exactly where we stand with you or where we kneel with you or where we need to be face down with you. God, help us. Help us in this. Make us people of prayer, powerful and strong. Your spirit would have his way through us. God, we need you so much. Love you so much. We give you thanks, God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.